Hey, this is former Blue Devil alignment Matt Skura. You're listening to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. Go Duke, go ACC. Recap some seasons. What do you think? Should we start that right here, right now? Yeah, the first one we're recapping is a team that, you know, intelligently, of course, in the preseason, I picked to be the dark horse to win the ACC. So I'm really glad I did that. It went okay. It went, yeah. That's that went exactly how I thought. Uh, Jim Hammett is on uh, PantherLayer.com, friend of the program. He joins us uh, obviously to preview the season. He's here, of course, now to recap the season and he's giving us 30 minutes on national signing day which we're really <laughs> thankful for so jim <laughs> jim what's going on man thanks for coming on yeah if i look tired it's like because i've been up since six like staring at my computer so uh yeah no it's 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 been one of those days but it's you know it's kind of kind of how it goes in december you are uh you are an absolute saint for giving us your time on a day like today so thank you for that jim jim of course of pantherlair.com on the rivals network uh, covering all things pittsburgh and the panthers and jim I, the reason that we're talking to you first or early here is bowl season really hadn't even kicked off yet for the ACC as we do this. Uh, things did not go as planned for Pittsburgh this year. Three and nine finish um, really struggled, especially down the stretch. Um, I know that, like, again, they've made some changes already internally. We'll get to that. But just from, a, I guess, looking back on the season, is there is there a moment, you know, when was the first time that you really started to consider, oh, this is not this does not look good or this isn't going to end well for the Panthers this year. Uh, I think it took about by the second game. I think uh, in the Cincinnati game, whenever they, uh, they were just struggling to move the ball on offense and you're kind of waiting for uh, Phil Jakrovic to turn it on, but it was pretty clear he was never going to turn it on. So I, I think right then and there was, there was some pause. And I think even going back, if we were to go back and watch our uh, preseason preview, it was like, yeah, they have a lot of things in place, but there's this quarterback we don't know about and he might not work out and he's been injured a lot. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, he just, he never really bounced back from that one good year at Boston college. And the the guy that played for Boston college in 2022 is the guy that played for Pitt in 2023. So, I mean, I, there was a lot of failures with this team, but I mean, I think a lot of it kind of starts and, you know, most of it really could be attributed to the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. We always ask you in the preseason, and and actually we ironically didn't even have to ask you uh, in our preseason pod this year about Pat Narduzzi in terms of how the fan base views him and all that stuff. Because Narduzzi just, you know, he's a couple years removed now from an ACC title, obviously in, in good standing with the school and, and the fan base. And then this 3-9 and nine season kind of comes a little bit out of nowhere. I think, you know, looking at you know the team coming into the year I think our expectation was that even if things didn't go well I'm not sure we thought that maybe three and nine would be as bad as as Pitt would finish so how is the fan base viewing Narduzzi and I I think this is a good question to ask today with with National Signing Day obviously uh in, in full swing you know how's the fan base viewing Narduzzi in the wake of the three and nine season and then making the change at offensive coordinator and now you know with the signing class that he's in large part inking today yeah, I mean, I, I think there was a lot of disappointment around the program just not being able to build off of what they kind of had going on. Because even even with the 2021 ACC championship, they followed it up with nine wins. So, And they've had a lot of guys drafted. They've been doing a lot of good things. So just to kind of 
have the worst season of his tenure two years after the best season of his tenure was kind of weird and unexpected. So, I mean, there's definitely some general frustrations uh, among the fan base. I mean, people were calling for Frank Signetti Jr.'s uh, head probably by, like, when I said that second game. I mean, you could kind of tell it wasn't working. So, uh, you know, he he made the switch at offensive coordinator. He's already done a lot of work in the transfer portal. You know, they had a pretty productive signing day. I mean, we're recording this on signing day. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's doing his best to turn things around and I mean, it's still unfinished. I mean, there, there's still some questions they need to answer for next year. So I think some fans are kind of waiting to see how that goes. But, I mean, Pitt's not in a position where they can just buy out their head coach they just gave an extension to. I mean, they're not Texas A&M. They're not going to be able to throw a lot of money at this guy just to have him not, not coach. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, he's going to have a chance to, you know, work his way out of this. But, I mean, obviously this year people are kind of – watching more closely than you would kind of expect after an ACC championship. As we've alluded to, Pat Narduzzi does make the choice to move on from Frank Signetti Jr. Uh, He has been fired and he's been replaced with Western Carolina's Cade Bell. Uh, I guess a couple things here, Jim, is number one, I'll be real honest. I, I don't know that much about Cade Bell. You know, is there anything that have you been able to study or what you've picked up on in terms of what he does schematically that would make this that would you know I, I know it's been successful but anything schematically that we can expect to change here with Cade Bell running the show and then also just do you feel like that the struggles for this offense were mainly with schematics and coaching or is there also some work that needs to be done in terms of the the transfer portals and the signing day stuff is it also a roster issue as well yeah I mean I, I think you know to answer the second one first I mean I, I think they're going to need to add some talent. I mean, I think they had a little, they had some injuries on the offensive line last year. I think they started nine or 10 different offensive line combinations in 12 games. So it was kind of a revolving door there. So they were never really able to establish some, just any kind of continuity up there. And obviously with quarterbacks. So, I mean, I think those, you know, quarterback and offensive line are two important positions. And I think they're, you know, things they're going to try to address in the the transfer portal season. So I I do think a lot of it was schematics. I mean, I, I think with Frank Signetti is, it, it just kind of felt a little dated and slow. I mean, cause he was Pitt's offensive coordinator in 2009 and it didn't really look that much different than what they ran in 2009. And obviously the game has changed in, you know, 15 years. So I think that that was part of it. So I, I think with Kate Bell is he's going to come in and play with tempo. I mean, I, I Pitt's not going to be like a five wide team. I think it's still going to be a lot of 11 personnel. There's still going to be a tight end on the field, but I mean, what he, what he was able to do at Western Carolina is, they led the country in yardage at the FCS level. They were third in scoring. And the thing with Western Carolina is it, it's not a North Dakota state or a Villanova. It's not a big time FCS program. So what he was doing was like effectively like having a lot of success at like a Vanderbilt level team. Like they didn't have the talent and they still were able to, you know, put up a lot of points and, you know, play fast. And so I, it's just interesting the, the hire with him because he's very, very different in the mold that Narduzzi has looked for before. I mean, he's the sixth offensive coordinator since Narduzzi's been here. And if you go back and look, it's, you know, Sean Watson, uh, Mark Whipple, uh, Matt Canada, Jim Chaney, uh, Frank Signetti. They're all older guys. And Kate Bell's 30. So, it's just, it's, it's different. I mean, he went outside the box. He found an up and coming guy that kind of runs a tempo based system. And, and, you know, he's always shied away from tempo because he's a defensive coach. He wants to win the, you know, time of possession battle. So I, I think he, he kind of loosened his guns a little bit and it's like, all right, like 
I guess I, I guess offense does matter. So I, I think that's kind of what this uh, hire is uh, about. Well, the, yeah, that's that's kind of leading into my next question because you know Pitt has a largely successful season. A couple of years ago, obviously they, you know, win an ACC title. They win ten games, like really awesome year. And then he parts ways with Mark Whipple, and we're all like, "Why did you do that? That didn't really make a whole lot of sense, right?" And you know, Whipple goes to Nebraska for, with Scott Frost, and you know, now you have the Frank Signetti hire and it kind of just set the offense back. It's just, you know, that's just how it went. And now it's almost like he went back to the well a little bit. It sounds like in terms of like having an offense that is a little more modern, which seems very anti Narduzzi. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be tempo. And I, I think, you know, that's just a very different way he's played. I mean, because even with Whipple, I mean, he had that one good year, but those first two years, they struggled a little bit. So, like, yeah, Whipple, like, left after that season, but I think it was heading in that direction anyway. I think it was kind of like, he's coming back if Pickett comes back. So they were kind of a package deal. So they kind of were planning to just end it right there. But I think whenever he moved on from Whipple, he valued someone like Frank Signetti because, you know, Pat Narduzzi's the defensive coach. He wants his offensive coordinator to run the offense. That's kind of how he's always been. So he's always leaned on older experienced guys, maybe ex head coaches, maybe ex NFL coaches, guys like that, that can, he could just put total trust and they're going to run the show and he doesn't really have to do too much with the offense. But I I think what he learned is that, yeah, the game's changed a little bit. You need to score a little more points. And I, I think Kate Bell is, he's unproven. I mean, I think there's, you know, some question marks with him because, he coached for his dad. So like, everyone's like, Oh, he's never done anything without his dad. But I mean, I think the results speak for themselves. I mean, I, I think Western Carolina put up a lot of points and put up a lot of yards and kind of played a fun brand of football. So we'll, we'll be interesting to see how it translates to the ACC. I figure at that point, it just becomes a question of, do you let Cade cook or uh, does, does Narduzzi involve himself at all on the, on the offense? You know, that, that would be the question I would think. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's take a quick break here to do a little bit of podcast business. Uh, Just a reminder, this show brought to you by Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful, great Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, They have T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, things for men, women, children, toddlers, babies, even. Everybody has something at Section103.com using all the official word marks, uh, all the official colors, the official tech gold, everything. Go find it all there, Section103.com. 
Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. You might be interested in something like this. I'm wearing a gray coach hoodie right now. Incredibly soft, incredibly warm. Uh, goes perfect for this time of year. Uh, maybe you're going to a basketball game coming up. Maybe you've got other winter sports that you're looking to attend or even getting ready for something in the, in the spring. Uh, baseball season about to start up very, very soon. So go get things at section103.com. Once again, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. They have jerseys, by the way, supporting NIL efforts for guys like Haynes King, Dante Smith, Zach Pyron, uh, even Miles Kelly in the basketball team. They even got a Joe Hamilton shirt if you want to uh, commemorate his uh, his Heisman campaign back from the 90s. So go check that out. Once again, section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Shout out to Steven and the gang. Really appreciate their support. It's been a great season so far, and uh, really, really appreciate their ongoing support of our show. Uh, the show also brought to you by homefieldapparel.com. Uh, use promo code GOACC for 15% off your first order. All sorts of wonderful premium vintage collegiate apparel. Uh, every school in the ACC, except Stanford, sorry, Stanford, every ACC school has stuff on homefieldapparel.com. It is incredibly high quality, super soft, feels great. Um, it, it is a great way to go support your team. If you've still got a couple bowl games you're trying to go to, you've got, again, basketball season coming up that you're looking to get involved with, whatever it is, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code GOACC for 15% off your first order. And, of course, finally, whatever games you're trying to go to or any other events, concerts, anything like that you need tickets for, use promo code BCPOD20 for $20 off an order of $200 or more at vividseats.com. Uh, very, very helpful for us. Use the link in our description of this episode, link in our bio, whatever you got to do. Uh, use that link. We would really appreciate that. That helps us. Uh, and it helps you because, again, you're getting $20 off the way that you know, tickets are way expensive these days. Uh, they're way too expensive. But you can get a great deal going to vividseats.com. Use BCPOD20 uh, for $20 off an order of $200 or more. Shout out to Section 103. Shout out to Homefield Apparel. And shout out to Vivid Seats for all their support of our podcast this season. All right, back to the episode. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, Jim, something else that really stuck out to me about this Pittsburgh season was on defense. Um, And just in general, this felt like one of the – it was a pretty good step back on defense from what we've gotten used to under Pat Narduzzi really last several years. Um, Offense – or sorry, passing defense, rushing defense, like – this team struggled to, to uh, rush the quarterback. It was much more of a middle of the pack or, you know, less in the ACC defense as compared to recent years. Is that to you? I, I, I would assume that nothing is different with Narduzzi or Randy Bates, at defensive coordinator. Like, is this just a personnel thing that they just need to uh, develop more over this offseason? Or, or what would you attribute that to? I mean, I think part of it was they lost all their really good defensive players from the year before. And I think we kind of maybe – overlooked how much of an impact that would make. I mean, when you lose Kalijah Kansi, the best player in the conference, when you lose Servassier Dennis, both safeties got drafted in the NFL. So their four guys right up the middle were gone, and I think they felt that a lot. And so they didn't have that same usual pass rush. I mean, they were still pretty good. But I, I, the one area that concerned me from watching them was uh, they weren't very good against the run, and that's usually – you know, one of their strengths. I mean, you, you, you know, you don't run on pit like that. And there was a couple of times where they gave up a lot of yardage. So um, I, I think part of it was just kind of, it was more of a transition year than they maybe realized. And I mean, I, I, you know, part of it was the offense too. I mean, there was just games, they were not getting first downs. They weren't staying on the field. So 
I mean, there was like Florida, like they held Florida State to the lowest points they had all year. And that was when Jordan Travis was playing. I mean, like they still did some good things. I mean, I think they held North Carolina like 150 yards under their average. I mean, they, they're still tough to play against. It's just like when you're on, the, when the offense only has like nine first downs in a game, it kind of caught up to them. Yeah. I, I was going to ask that, like from a consistency standpoint, I think losing a lot of the guys, you know, especially up front with the pass rush and still being able to kind of hold their own. I mean, there are still some signs there that this could be a viable unit next season, I would think, considering how many young guys had to play this year. Yeah, I mean, I one of these uh, question marks going into this season was, you know, how do they replace the two safeties? And they, I think they came out of this season finding that, you know, Javon McIntyre and Donovan McMillan were pretty good safeties. So I think they got a lot of experience from some of their linebackers. So, I mean, I think going into next year, they're probably feeling a little bit better. I mean, I think right now they're still working on kind of fixing the defensive line. I think they had, they had a productive day uh, recruiting wise and they've already grabbed a couple of guys from the portal, but they lost a couple of guys from the portal too. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's give or take. I think that's just everyone in college football right now. When you look at the season as a whole, would you assess this as kind of just a, a blip on the radar, kind of a, just circumstances it happens and and you wouldn't expect something to to be repeated like this or do you expect a season like this to result in some changes internally in the approach next year and again obviously we've already talked about the offensive coordinator but any other major changes that you anticipate resulting from this sort of season or again just sort of shrug it off as and eh, you know just one of those years i mean i think it's a little bit one of those years i mean it was pitt's worst season since 1998 so i mean it's like they they you know they're never like consistently like a 9-10 win team but they're they're they never really fall below six and six so it was kind of a weird thing to see and um so i mean i think there's an opportunity where they can kind of ch- turn things around next year i mean you know kate bell's uh, arrival is a big deal and i i think there might be a couple more uh coaching uh changes i think you know right now this time of year uh Coaches kind of wait until signing day. They want to get their guys signed, and you know maybe some assistant coaches move on. So I mean, I, I don't think their off season's quite over yet. Um, but you know, yeah, I think it might be a little bit of a blip on the radar. But they they do have to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback next year. That that's kind of the biggest question right now. Have they addressed quarterback in the portal at all? They have not. Um, they I, I think they've reached out to a couple guys. I think they have their eye on some guys that might not be in the portal yet. But uh, right now, I mean, the end of the year. With Nate Yarnell, they, they started three different quarterbacks last year, and it ended up being that Yarnell, the third string, ended up playing the best out of the three. So I think there's some level of confidence, you know, they could go into next year and probably win some games with him. I think even Christian Vieira had some moments last year. I mean, he led the team to the win over Louisville. Uh, he has some talent. He's like the former four-star guy himself. So I think they could go in with those two guys, but I think they would really like a third to maybe either come in and be the starter or at least push those two guys. I was going to say, looking at the guys who have already committed to Pittsburgh out of the transfer portal, it is, by and large, uh, defensive linemen and linebackers, which that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> That's... Yeah. I mean, they, they lost, um, you know, DeAndre Jules, a guy that they were probably going to start next year at defensive tackle, and Sam Lola, one of their promising young defensive ends. So, you know, I think whenever those two things happen, it was like, oh, okay, we, we got to get on this. So, yeah, I mean, they, they really addressed defensive line in the portal already. They, I think, three of their four best recruits are, you know, four-star defensive linemen. So I think that's kind of a matter of, yeah, the, the pass rush was down this year, but like they're, they're kind of building it back up. In, in your eyes or in the eyes of the fan base, does having Stanford SMU and Cal 
kind of worked in on the schedule. Is that good for Pittsburgh, net neutral, or is it a negative? I, I don't think anyone's like upset with it. I don't think anyone's excited about it. I think it's kind of the approach of most of the teams in the ACC. It's like it is what it is. I know. I know some people are already like, "Hey, like we're playing SMU next year. I kind of want to go. I'm already looking for travel." So, I mean, it's just some new places to go. But I, I don't think anyone it moves the needle one way or the other. It's just kind of all right. They're in our conference now. That's kind of what it is. Expectations next season, I would assume, making a bowl game, right? Getting back to at least a six-win level. Is that going to be enough for fans after his three-win year, do you think? I mean, it's we're projecting a little bit, but, you know, it's, it's early in the offseason, right? But, you know, how is this fan base, you think, going to view things if it is just like a six-and-six, six, you know, back to kind of like a bellwether? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what, what people want to see from Pitt next year is obviously, you know, uh, improved record but they want to see the offense flip so i mean i think there there could be some understanding if they go six and six but the offense looks better and there's some young guys and there's a core in place but um yeah i mean i i think they can get back to that seven eight win where they kind of usually are next year i mean i think the schedule kind of sets up nicely for them i mean i think a big one is you know west virginia i mean it I didn't expect Pitt to lose to West Virginia this year. I didn't think West Virginia was all that great this year, and to lose to them was kind of a you know a disappointing game for Pitt. So I mean, I think I don't I don't know if it's like Pitt and West Virginia view that game the same way Michigan Ohio State does, like where it's like you have to win this game or else. But I mean, I think that, that's a big game for Pat Narduzzi. It's probably going to be a big game for Neil Brown too. So I mean, I think that's you know beat West Virginia, show some signs on offense, get back to a bowl game. I think everyone would kind of feel a lot better about all those things. And I, I don't know off the top of my head, how long is that West Virginia schedule, uh, series scheduled for at this point? Um, I think they play the next two years. Then uh, there's a little gap. West Virginia is going to play Alabama, like a home and home. I think uh, Nick Saban wanted to get a game in West Virginia before he retires. Um, mm. <laughs> then we'll see if he makes it that far. <laughs> yeah. Then So I think there's a little bit like a two or three year gap. And they're going to I think they're pretty much going to resume it and play it annually after that. Got it. Got it. Mike, I think that's all I got for Jim. Anything else while we got him here? That's all I got, too. Productive. We appreciate it, Jim. Right to the point. Highly <laughs> yeah. efficient. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Uh, Jim, do you want to tell the people real quick where they can go find your stuff? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Jim Hammett. That's with two M's and two T's. And all of our work is at pantherlayer.com, panther-layer.com, pittsburgh.rivals.com. Uh, it's a busy day. It's always a busy day on uh, the Panther Layer network. So come check us out. Absolutely. As you can tell here, Jim, very well versed in not only the uh, Pitt football program, but also all the, you know, the fan, the pulse of the fans and everything else. So go give him a follow there on Twitter at Jim Hammett or uh, you know, certainly go subscribe to Panther Lair. Efficient on National Sign Day. What more <laughs> can we ask for? Jim, appreciate it, man. Thank you, Thanks, Jim. Guys. All right, Mike, let's get out of here. Let's go recap some more teams. In the meantime, they can follow us on Twitter at FTRS Joey, at Mike McDaniel SI, at BC Podcast ACC. And once again, go follow Jim Hammett at Jim Hammett, all one word on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Amazon, all those good places you go find your podcasts. Uh, hit the subscribe button. We'd appreciate that. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell icon. We would appreciate that. We will keep you entertained throughout the offseason. Uh, Mike, we're also on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. Shout out to our sponsors, Homefield Section 103 and Vivid Seats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike, anything else? That's it. I think we're good. We'll talk soon. 
Jim, thanks one more time. Really appreciate your time here. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and for Mr. Jim Hammett, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you all so much for listening. We will talk to you again very, very soon. Until then, go ACC. Go ACC.